Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Talking season, as the HBC used to call it, it's just that. You don't win football games in July. You, you don't win football games right now. Nothing you say, I mean, there's not going to be a coach that steps up there to the podium most likely and says, you know what, 
we stink, this is terrible, our roster's awful, we're not going to do very well. Each and every single one of these coaches, as you would expect, is going to step up there, sell their program, sell what they're doing well, speak highly of their team, you know, maybe talk about some things they need to figure out, adversities to overcome, but can you draw hard conclusions from SEC Media Days? Probably not. But that's not going to stop us from talking about it either way. So again, guys, the top five things I'm most hoping to learn at this week's SEC Media Days. The first one, guys, for me is this, and it's the most, you know, I feel like it's the most no-brainer thing and what everybody's waiting for. There's no questions about Georgia football on the field, right? I mean, the dogs, back-to-back national championships, Look primed, in my opinion, to win a third. I mean, you guys have seen. I locked it in. I've got them going 12-0, 8-0 in the SEC, and winning the SEC title. I, I really believe that Georgia just top to bottom. They are what Alabama, dare I say, used to be. I mean, Georgia is the creme de la creme when it comes to college football. They are loaded across the board. I mean, there's absolutely no reason that at minimum, they should not be in Atlanta playing in the SEC title with a chance at the playoff on the line. So on the field, not a whole lot of question marks for Georgia. You got Mike Bobo. You got Carson Beck at quarterback. You're replacing two tackles. I get it. You're reloading some guys on defense. But Georgia is going to be just fine on the field. What I most want to learn from Kirby Smart is how does he plan on solving the culture issues at Georgia? And I'll say this. I think Kirby Smart's the type of coach He's going to address it head on. I don't think he's going to let it linger. I don't think he's going to dance around or dodge the question, if you will. I think there is going to come a point, though, where Kirby Smart says, okay, guys, I've answered the question. I can't answer it any differently. Let's talk ball. Because, you know, Kirby's going to want to do everything he can to talk football. But when you have the type of on-field issues that they have had, somebody died. Like, Like, this isn't just some small thing. Two people died back in January. And it's crazy to think that's not enough to stop those players on that football team from speeding and racing and doing what they've done. Kirby Smart has mentioned he's done all he can do to not necessarily fix the culture, but fix the issue at hand. I loved what Jake Crane said about culture when he came on our show. When it comes to on-field, like winning games, culture in the locker room, guys, there's nothing wrong with that culture. That culture's fantastic. People love to throw the the culture word around as the first thing. And I understand that includes off-field as well, but like these off-field incidents aren't going to stop them from doing anything on the field, in my opinion. But it's more so just about his program as a whole. What are they doing? Does he have a plan in place? Does he say anything maybe we don't expect? There's got to be some sort of plan. There's got to be something they're doing to solve these issues. Because, again, it's not some small thing. Two people died back in January. It's, It's not a small thing. And it just keeps happening over and over and over. Also, by the way, on that note, Does Kirby Smart say anything about the AJC? Does he say anything about the Atlanta Journal-Constitution? Because Georgia 
is obviously fighting back. Georgia is obviously, they feel some type of way about the AJC. What does Kirby have to say about the off-field stuff? Because everything on-field's fine. Off-field, there are some issues to take care of. Guys, I'm also hoping to learn moving to College Station. I, I have fallen in the trap once again. Texas a and Every year, I pick them to win nine or ten games. Every year, I get burned. And every year, I tell myself, I'm not going to do it again. Well, I'm back. You reeled me back in, Texas A&M. Because I got the Aggies going nine and three and beating Alabama. Here's what I want to know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino, can it work in College Station? I want to hear him talk about that. I want to hear him talk about the dynamic of those two guys. That coaching staff, by the way, it's crazy. You got Petrino, you got DJ Durkin. You got some dudes with some with some dirty laundry on that coaching staff. But I want to hear Jimbo just talk about the relationship and how that dynamic's going to work. Because you talk about guys putting down egos, setting egos aside. It's much, much easier said than done when you have these head coaches that especially a guy like Jimbo, he's had his hands all over it. He's been the one in control. And I think he obviously realized if he did not release the reins, going more into a CEO-type role, that his tenure in College Station might not last a whole lot longer. But it's, it, it's a fascinating hiring. It's a fascinating pickup, especially when you think about Bobby Petrino, Arkansas, his experience there. Need I say more? We've all seen the picture of the neck brace. Need I say more? Can it work? I mean, just flat out, can it work? And, you know, it's something, again, guys, like many of these, we're not going to know until the season comes and we see it on field. But what does he have to say about it? I, I want to hear from Jimbo Fisher 
how they're expecting the Bobby Petrino experiment to work in College Station, how they're expecting it to lead to the growth of Connor Wegman at quarterback, and how they're expecting it to help them revitalize their team, their program, and bounce back from a disastrous 5-7 and seven season a season ago. You know, Nick Saban is always a topic of conversation. I, I, I just feel like I could not do what you're talking about SEC media days, what I want to learn. It felt wrong to leave Nick Saban and Alabama off this list. Number one, guys, I mean, I'm just going to say what it is. I can't wait to hear Nick Saban speak and to be in the same room as Nick Saban. And I don't say that as like a fanboy of any kind, but this man is a legend. Like, when you say legend when it comes, this is the greatest college ball coach of all time, ever. And when Nick Saban speaks, people listen. When Nick Saban speaks, people listen. He is the, at times it feels like, the czar of college football. I simply just want to know and like to learn who has the lead in the Alabama quarterback competition heading into fall camp. Because, hey, I picked Bama to go 9-3, and three, guys. I don't shy away from it. A lot of that has to do with the quarterback position. I've got Texas beating Alabama early in the season. And I think Texas could beat them handily. Who's your quarterback? Is it Jalen Milrow? Is it Buckner from Notre Dame? Is it Ty Simpson? Do we have any idea? Do we, do we get even a clue of who's leading that quarterback competition going into fall camp or going into the season or what have you? You know, admittedly, guys, over the last couple of months, I, I've started to dive more into SEC content, these other SEC teams, more than I ever have before. But it's funny to me, like, talking to Bama people. I mean, our good friend Chris Marler, obviously, the show, and I've talked to others, and, like, you know, I, I understand doubt Nick Saban at your own risk. But, like, when you look at Alabama on paper and look at LSU on paper, like, when you look at Bama, though, I, I think what people have a really hard time grasping is this. How is that 10-2 and two Alabama team going to get better after losing Bryce Young and Will Anderson? How are they going to get better? How is this team with more question marks going to be better? And maybe Nick Saban does it again. Maybe Nick Saban will do it again. But I need to hear some answers, something. And I'm sure that Nick Saban won't give us any. But I wonder, does he indicate in any type of way something read between the lines of who maybe has the lead in that quarterback competition? To Columbia, South Carolina, guys, something else I'm hoping to learn. Of course, I got to include the Gamecocks in this list. We've talked about it a lot <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. I have beaten in line of scrimmage and running game into you all's heads more than you'd probably like. We've been talking offensive line and running back and defensive line, it feels like, every single day. But that's what I want to hear from Shane Beamer. And that's what I want to learn. What has Shane Beamer done to address South Carolina's rushing game woes? Because we can talk about Spencer Rattler. We can talk about Juice Wells. We can talk about Nick Eamon-Worry. We can talk about all the skill position to Cabrion Joyner. We can talk about all the skill position guys you want. But until South Carolina can figure it out in the trenches, 
until they can figure out how to run the football, stop the run, until South Carolina can figure out how to not be 10th or worse or 100th or worse nationally in both rush offense and rush defense, what are we talking about? We're wasting our breath because South Carolina is not going to make, they're not going to come out of that middle of the pack. They're not going to do it. Spencer Rattler is not going to realize his full potential. Juice Wells won't realize his full potential. And from the defensive side, if you can't stop the run, that defense and in turn this football team won't realize its full potential. What are they doing to stop the run? What's happening? We see it in recruiting. I just want to hear Shane Beamer address it. That's it. I, I want to hear him address it. What is South Carolina football doing in the meantime until these guys get on campus to stop the run? 11th or worse in the SEC in rush defense, five consecutive seasons. Outside the top 100 rushing offense and the running game, major question mark this year, as is the rush defense as well. Last year, Shane Beamer touted the the Gamecocks defensive tackles as the strongest position group on the football team. And that was a position group that played a part in South Carolina finishing 13th in rush defense and 116th in rush defense nationally. So, I want to hear from Coach Beamer. I I want to hear from Shane Beamer. What are y'all doing to stop the run? Is there something schematically? Is it it truly just lack of bodies? How about the running back position? Do you feel like you have answers there? I mean, I'm sure Shane Beamer will be asked about the running back position. And then the offensive line, do you feel like these transfer portal guys, do you think they're the answer? Line of scrimmage is what's holding South Carolina back. I want to hear Coach Beamer talk about it and face it head on. Finally, guys, what I'm most hoping to learn at this week's SEC Media Days, I mentioned South Carolina as a middle-of-the-pack SEC team. What I'd like to most learn is this, and again, I don't know that this is something, I don't know if this is something that we can necessarily draw hard conclusions and learn from the event, but we can almost play a game of stock up, stock down next week. And my question is, which middle-of-the-pack SEC team is most on the rise and ready to ascend to the upper echelon of the conference? And when I say upper echelon, I mean with the likes of Georgia, Alabama, LSU, because the question we've heard all offseason, who's the fourth best team in the SEC? Because after Georgia, Bama, LSU, take your pick. Is it Tennessee? Is it Texas A&M? Is it South Carolina? Is it Kentucky? Is it Arkansas? Is it Auburn? Take your pick. There's so many. I mean, that's the SEC. You've got Georgia. Alabama, LSU at the top. At the bottom, you've got really Vanderbilt. And outside of that, guys, you've you've got about 10 teams in this conference who can beat anybody on any given Saturday and lose to anybody on any given Saturday. And what I think is so fascinating is, for the most part, it seems, so many fan bases – 
so many of these schools, so many of these programs, they feel like their team's on the ascent. They feel like we're the ones trending up. Are you actually, though? Are you actually, though? Who is? Who is? Who's stock up? Who's stock down? Are we able to leave the event and say, I feel better about this team going into the season? I feel worse about this team going into the season. Maybe that's a tough conclusion to draw. But I think that's a question at SEC Media Days and something to be a question all season long as well. Like, which of the middle-of-the-pack SEC teams is here to stay and is going to continue to ascend? And which ones did maybe we get out ahead of our skis a little bit and they've still got a ways to go or they even take a step back? So again, guys, the top five things I'm most hoping to learn at SEC Media Days this week. Number one, how does Kirby Smart plan on solving culture issues at Georgia? Number two, can the Jimbo and Bobby Petrino experiment work in College Station? Number three, who has the lead in the Alabama quarterback competition heading into fall camp? Number four, what has Shane Beamer done to address South Carolina's rushing game woes? And number five, which middle-of-the-pack SEC team is most on the rise and ready to ascend to the upper echelon of the conference? 